Wisdom Beyond the Classroom. Accelerate your learning, master your mindset, and believe in yourself. What would you love to learn that you weren't taught in school, which could add tremendous value to your life? The Wisdom Beyond the Classroom podcast is for teens, their parents, and the rest of us. Set out to do just that, because we are never too young or too old to learn something new. All right, I am joined here. We are joined here on Wisdom Beyond the Classroom. We are honored to have Rebecca Marcus. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Rebecca is a psychotherapist. She's a speaker in New York City. She works with millennials and teens, helping them heal from life's challenges and allow them to thrive. In Rebecca's practice, what she does is she specializes in anxiety and relationships and uses a trauma-informed approach. She has expertise in mindfulness-based and attachment and relational practices and uses these tools to empower individuals to overcome their fears so that they can live the life they want. So psychotherapy, um, you know, for some that could be a big term. Um, mm -hmm. What exactly, you know, does that mean in your approach with mindfulness practice? So I guess psychotherapy is a broad term. Um, initially, I think it started sort of the talking cure. Sigmund Freud sort of coined that term where mm -hmm. the idea of putting your feelings into words, um, kind of accessing what the unconscious held was a way to uh, create more awareness, to give you more control over your behaviors. So it's definitely expanded a lot since mm -hmm. then. Um, so I guess it would be, you know, a way to learn about yourself, to learn about your feelings, um, to learn how to express and put them into words, um, and also to learn different tools that help you to manage some of the challenges that come up inevitably in life. Um, and, you know, to get to become intentional about how you want to live your life, um, what kind of relationships you want, what your goals are. Um, I bring in mindfulness also, um, you know, which does incorporate meditation, but it's also uh, kind of this idea of a non-judgmental awareness and compassion and curiosity. So I think kind of bringing that into our perspective and the way that we see the world also helps to improve our quality of life and deal with the stressors that, you know, we've all seen in the past 18 months and even before yeah. that sometimes they're inevitable, but we can learn to respond to them in different ways so that we're not suffering as much. Mm -hmm. And, and what you're doing, I mean, it's so important and you, it really looks like specifically you're working with teens and millennials. And just in my experience um, as a teacher, but also just being an adult, these are things we really need to focus on and work on when we're young. Would you, yeah. would you agree? I agree. Yeah. And I think even thinking back to when I was a teenager, I don't think that mental health, anxiety, and stress was talked about as openly as it is starting to be now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, learning these skills young, you know, only serves people more as an adult. Um, so I think being able to maybe bring some of this information and knowledge into schools can be really useful. Yeah, absolutely. 
And just to get into your story a little bit, how did you go down this, this route of, of being a psychotherapist? Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I also struggled with anxiety and stress. Um, I was a more sensitive child and also inquisitive and empathic. So kind of a variety of things. I was very interested by like people and relationships and people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up seeking my own therapy and finding it to be very useful. Um, I was studying psychology as well in college. And I was kind of intrigued by um, just like the way that people behave, the, the struggles that people have. Um, and I started volunteering also at a crisis hotline uh, in New Paltz at the school I was studying at um, and just kind of became more interested in uh, this as a profession. I looked at different graduate programs, kind of figured out what my options were. Um, And at the same time, I was doing a um, research project on the mind-body connection and kind of understanding how stress, anxiety, depression um, connect to also our physical uh, wellness. And it just sort of naturally... um, you know, kind of uh, kept me going on a path towards um, psychotherapy and healing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of haven't looked back since. So that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's such important work and so needed. Um, as far as um, working with people, or do you typically work with people one on one? Are you working, you had mentioned in schools, are you going into the schools? Um, what What does that look like for you? And I know things have probably changed in the last you know, couple, 18 months, uh, are you doing a lot more online or what's that look like? So my practice is fully virtual, um, at the moment. I know it kind of keeps changing with the variants, <laughs> vaccines. Um, so I'm fully virtual. I haven't gone into schools recently, but I have been providing, um, continuing education trainings for other mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. I recently did one on, um, mindfulness practices for youth and kind of understanding the impact of COVID-19 on students of, you know, in grade school high school and then also the collegiate age and just sort of some of the trends that we're seeing um, and how we can use mindfulness as teachers, um, caregivers, practitioners um, to model, uh, to to use for ourselves and also, you know, to kind of decrease some of the stress that um, everyone's been under. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm seeing people individually one-on-one as well in my practice. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um you know, the term mindfulness, um, I guess if, if we said somebody didn't really know what that meant, or if we wanted to bring awareness to what that meant so that, you know, somebody might say, oh, I'm hearing this term and it's a buzzword. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a buzzword. Um, I guess, what does that mean to like the, I guess the common person or how do we, how do we um, bring that to someone's attention that really doesn't know what it means? It's a great question because I think it is thrown around a lot these days, but yeah, people don't exactly know what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I would define it as a um, moment-to-moment non-judgmental awareness where we're kind of focusing on um, maybe the process of our emotions and our thoughts 
as opposed to just attaching to the content. So we're kind of noticing, um, oh, okay, I'm feeling a little bit irritable today. What's going on? Or, oh, I just noticed I had that thought after I ran into that person. We're kind of stepping out and becoming an observer. Mm-hmm. And we're introducing um, non-judgmental awareness, which I mentioned is a big part of it because often, you know, we're having a feeling and then there's already a judgment around like, oh, I shouldn't be having this feeling. What's wrong with me? Um, so the non-judgmental awareness, we're also introducing self-compassion because um, a lot of times, you know, we're our own uh, worst critic, which can help to motivate us, but sometimes, you know, it leaves us feeling not so happy. Um, And then also that idea of curiosity, there's a term called the beginner's mind that we hear in mindfulness. So, you know, you're kind of always looking at things with sort of this fresh perspective of like, hmm, I wonder what's going on today. Or, um, you know, I'm I'm really rushing today, or it's really hard for me to focus. I wonder what's happening. Can I have compassion for myself? Can I just notice that this is where I'm at? Um, So, you know, in your sort of bringing yourself back to the present moment and kind of noticing um, how your thoughts are moving, um, your body sensations, um, you know, emotions, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, And I think also I like to kind of just have a disclaimer that um, mindfulness doesn't necessarily mean meditation. Meditation is definitely a way that you could practice mindfulness, but there's a lot of other more informal or active mindfulness practices that someone could use um, if they're not interested in meditation. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's very true. I think, you know, what you're saying about um, noticing how you're feeling and giving yourself self-compassion. I mean, it's so, so important because we have thousands of thoughts a day, right? And we're going to have lots of feelings in a day. And it's really about like taking a look at, well, some of our thoughts and, and first of all, questioning them if they're negative, but then, but being okay if, if you're, you're feeling a certain way, like it's okay to not feel great all the time. Right. Or it's okay to like, or think about like, or, Oh, I'm feeling this way and, and not just like run with the feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think mindfulness can help us to kind of create a pause and be more intentional about the way that we respond. And also, you know, kind of maybe the thoughts that we're going to choose to hold on to, or the thoughts that maybe we want to let go, or, you know, the emotions that we want to let guide our behavior. Totally. And, you know, you have a quote on your, your website that I think really hits it on the head. And it's that, it's that Victor Frankel oh yeah it's a good <laughs> I think it's like um what is that you could uh it, it is I, I have it here for you okay. I have it. it says between stimulus and response there is a space and in that space is our power to choose our response and in our response lies our growth and freedom so it's about you know not just feeling a certain way and reacting but like pausing right Yeah. And I think, you know, in our world where everything is this like instant gratification, where we have so many different apps open, like we have everything at our fingertips. We're not always learning that, um, that ability to pause, um, especially for kids, you know, they're, it's harder sometimes to tolerate waiting, to tolerate distress, to tolerate frustration and for adults too. Uh, so sometimes we don't feel like we have a choice in a lot of things and there are many things we can't control, but 
when you begin to just become more aware of um, yourself, your reactions, then you realize, oh, I do have some power in the way I respond to things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so true. I read something recently where our attention span is less than a goldfish now. It's like eight <laughs> seconds, right? I know. And, yeah. And, you know, and, and to kids that, you know, are termed a certain way, like ADHD or whatever in the classroom, I mean, a lot of that is just not their fault because we're so stimulated now with, with, you know, electronics and like everything really is instant gratification. So to be, I mean, I get it to be in a classroom and listening to somebody. And if it's boring, I mean, I could see why kids are tuning out or that they perhaps aren't as patient as they could be because we always have things, you know, so quickly now. Um, and, and that, that makes it difficult. So, you know, with mindfulness, um, if we were to give a couple of mindfulness tools, uh, whether that's like something in the morning to start off with, or, you know, something throughout the day, I mean, what are some of those that you would recommend to someone? So I really like starting off with some sort of mindful movement in the day, um, you know, whether that's taking a walk, it depends on your, the time, the amount of time that you have. I like yoga, Pilates, even just some stretching, I think can be helpful, uh, you know, even when you're just getting out of bed, just again, to kind of bring awareness to your body, check in with how you're feeling. Um, prayer and meditation can also be nice, um, or even, you know, just if you're having a hot drink um, or a cold one, uh, just kind of bringing awareness to the flavors, the aromas that are present, the temperature, kind of noticing, again, just noticing, am I trying to guzzle it down? Is it hard for me to be present with it? Um, you know, even with food, you can kind of notice um, the flavors, the textures, some mindful eating. Um, or in showering, you could also bring some mindfulness into that, just kind of noticing again the temperature of the water maybe the smell of the shampoo or the body wash kind of feeling like the uh, water pressure as it moves down in through your body you know you can kind of imagine it like washing away stress and if you're not in a place where you're feeling very mindful it's just kind of noticing that that like oh, I'm not I'm feeling a little off today yeah. um kind of even checking in like what do I need today um, or I like affirmations sometimes as well. Not everyone likes them, but I find sometimes saying like, you know, um, I'm worthy of good things or, um, it's safe for me to succeed, you know, or, <laughs> um, I can use my voice, different things. Um, it's just figuring out what works for you. And I think also just kind of being flexible with yourself that some days something might work well for you. Other days, you might want to try something else. So just sort of having like a toolbox of different skills that you like to use um, is a good way to go. Cause you know, like you said, our emotions are always fluctuating. Um, I know the weather affects me um, with the constant uncertainty and changing of the pandemic. I think, you know, even if we don't think that we're affected by it, I think everyone is in some way, certainly yeah. students and teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of what you're saying um, in the morning when you start out and, you know, you're noticing how you're feeling or, um, you know, if you had like a, a hot or a cold drink and you're noticing that or you're showering, uh, a lot of that, what it's saying to me is like, 
it's almost a practice to be present, mm-hmm. right? Because our minds so much like want to think about things that happened in the past or things we have to do later in the day. And it's so much is like about like slowing down and, and being in the moment, right? Definitely. Yeah. And sometimes it can be hard, especially if maybe in the moment we're feeling uncomfortable or mm-hmm. worried about something, you know, it's normal yeah. to want to avoid it. But I think sometimes just like noticing, you know, like, what am I feeling worried about? Or mm-hmm. is there anything I can do um, to maybe help myself or just again, normalizing it mm-hmm. and not sort of judging ourselves for feeling nervous? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so what about now that, you know, we're in the day we're you know, whether we're at school or we're at work and we're going and now, you know, there's other people around us. Right. And um, we need kind of a check-in or, or we need to, you know, what's, what's a good way that you recommend, you know, when we're out in public that we can practice mindfulness? Yeah, great question. Um, there's a lot of different things that one could do. So even just uh, just adjusting your posture, like I did mm-hmm. just now, can be a good way to kind of notice. Oh, I'm slouching a little bit, um, feeling your feet on the ground or, you know, maybe on the floor, whether you're sitting or standing, kind of just bringing attention to that. Um, I also like using um, like the senses as a way to kind of check in. So you can, if you're outside or inside, um, you could pick a color that you like. Um, so, I, you know, in your background, I could see the color blue. Mm-hmm. So maybe I would say, I'm going to use the color blue to start. And then I'd kind of allow my eyes to wander um, to the different objects in the room where this color was present. So your shirt is blue. uh, The picture behind you is blue. uh, Maybe there's some blue writing on the whiteboard, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just sort of moving through the different things that are that color. And then if you feel like you still need to keep going, then moving on to green. So, you know, maybe like the grass is green, that plant is green, the person's shirt is green. Um, And what this kind of does is it brings you back into your body, into the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, those are a couple different ways. There's so many different techniques one could use. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying a couple and figuring out like, oh, how is this working for me? You know, and if it doesn't work, sometimes people come to me like, I tried that and it didn't work at all. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, there's so many other things you can do. So right. let's just notice that maybe there was like a resistance to doing that or what was happening for you when you tried. It's mm-hmm. just all information. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice as far as, you know, using your senses, using your physical body, like you said, straightening up, maybe notice the ground, notice something um, in your, in your vision, your peripheral, and, um, you and know, maybe. breath too. I think mm-hmm. you could always check in with your breath, even if people, I think there's, it's kind of cliche, people are like, take a deep breath, but the breath really can help to calm our nervous system because mm-hmm. uh, it actually speeds up when we are stressed or activated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I know that, you know, with your practice, it's, it's uh, incorporating, you know, the mind body experience. And, and uh, as you said, you know, connecting with the breath is a really good way to do that. Um, you know, on the, on the podcast, uh, I had mentioned this this to you. It's mm-hmm. um, uh, accelerate your learning, master your mindset, mm-hmm. believe in yourself. Um, do you find that practicing this mindfulness actually does, uh, let's just say, uh, help you to 
not only control more of your thinking, but also in your beliefs about yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think so. It, if anything, it also kind of makes you aware of maybe like old beliefs that aren't working for you anymore or mm -hmm. kind of questioning things that maybe um, you've been doing for a while that um, you feel like you don't have a choice, but maybe you do. So I think, you know, it definitely introduces this idea of compassion and it also being present, you're kind of forced to maybe look at some stuff that's um, been, you know, swept under the rug, which mm -hmm. it can be uncomfortable, but it also gives you an opportunity to change, to heal, to grow. Um, and I think in that you get to know yourself better. Um, and you know, you do feel better about yourself and your relationships with others also improve. Mm -hmm. Is mindfulness something that you feel is, uh, is it something that you feel that like, all people should be doing um, or that perhaps some people do it really well and they don't even perhaps know they naturally do it well, but <laughs> we have to like bring more attention, um, you know, just in mindfulness in general, should it, it be something that's really out there more and more that people should just be doing? Well, I try not to use the word should because I think then people Thank you. Me often too. feel like <laughs> they're guilt. They feel guilty if they're not yeah. doing it. They could use it. And yes, I agree. I think there's probably a lot of things that people are doing where they might be practicing mindfulness and not even really realize it. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of where that flexibility yeah. comes in because you don't necessarily have to like be meditating or like doing all this yoga, you know, or like um, kind of like just sitting still and breathing. You can, it's just, even at the grocery store, even in a stressful situation, um, you can practice mindfulness. And often in those situations, like that's going to help to lower your stress. So practicing some of these, um, you know, meditation, mind, um, like breathing, the colors, when you're calm often helps us to then maybe use some mindfulness exercises when we are in a stressful situation. So I think it definitely could be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I try to encourage people like just to sort of be, um, exploratory with themselves and kind of see like what's coming up for me because often there is a lot of resistance I think to sitting still or slowing down um so just kind of noticing the stuff that comes up and saying like oh could we soften that a little bit even I've um had people you know maybe like put on some hand lotion and just like, oh, I'm noticing you're rushing that. Can we just slow down a little bit? What's coming up for you? Like, where's the sense of urgency? Like just to kind of check in with themselves. I definitely think in corporate workplaces, it can be really helpful um, to like help with burnout mm -hmm. um, for kids and teachers as well. There's just so much like pressure, stress, anxiety. I think the idea that, you know, our achievements are kind of connected to our worth. We learn at such a young age. Mm -hmm. So to introduce some of that compassion, I think could probably help um, even in like performance and academic yeah. Uh, achievements. Yeah, absolutely. And so do you, you know, when we are talking about mindfulness in the morning um, and you had mentioned, you know, some doing something physically um, and then just being aware of, um, you know, the cup or, or the shower, do you personally have uh, like a routine that you like that really helps you to get going in the morning and, and be aware and be present? 
Well, I definitely try to do some form of movement or exercise each morning, um, even if I only have a few minutes to do stretching. Um, that tends to be like the way I really like to start my day. I just find that mentally it helps me. Also physically, my body feels better. Mm-hmm. Um but that's often kind of how I start my day. Um, maybe doing a little bit of meditation or like some prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I probably could work on slowing down with my meal in the morning mm-hmm. um, or like the practicing mindfulness in the shower, but definitely like the movement, I think is just something that helps me to kind of be like, to transition from like sleep to um, like waking life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I completely agree. I have kind of a routine and, and part of it is definitely physical movement. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that if, because I have two kids that are under two, if I, you know, don't take care of me at all and just start taking care of them, I'm like, okay, I notice I got to come back and take care of me also. So that's, that's definitely important. Totally. Yeah. And I think for like teachers, helping professionals, um, parents, it's definitely important to remember that. And also that's where sometimes like the flexibility or creativity comes in with kind of like, great, I have a routine, but like it might get a little thrown off and that's okay. Um, What can I maybe incorporate? What am I needing? Like, how can I get it? Even if, you know, I have maybe these challenges or stressors that came up unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, If you had uh, one piece of advice that you could go back in time and give yourself as a teen, um, what would that be? Um, I think to um, recognize your own unique strengths and not feel pressure to fit in or be the same as everyone else. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, certainly for myself growing up in a small town, um, there wasn't a ton of diversity. Um, and once I went to college, I kind of realized like, wow, there's so many other different types of people. Um, I don't need to force myself into a box. There's other people I can connect with. Um, you know, like we each have unique strengths and gifts. And I think as a teenager, we're always trying to be exactly like the other person, but, um, then we're kind of hindering our own growth and, um, what we have to offer. So just kind of remembering that, that, uh, that it gets better after middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's more going on and, um, there's lots of opportunities to share unique gifts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As the, the further we go in life, you get out of middle school and high school. I mean, our world just starts to open up more. Like you said, it's not like everybody is the same. You went to (laughs) school and then you're like, oh yeah, there's all kinds of different people. And, and, uh, that's a very good point. Um, it, now you do the online work. So now a, a lot of who you're working with are people in New York that since that's where you live, um, does that expand though to anyone? Uh, if someone finds you on the website? Um, so anywhere in New York state, um, mm-hmm. in terms of my license, gotcha. um, but yeah, it's, um, for the most part, it's like all in New York state. Um, I have a temporary license right now in New Jersey gotcha. and I'm looking to get licensed in, a, in some other states. Okay. Right on. Um, so if someone wants to reach out and find you, where are the places that they can, they can reach out and do that? 
Yeah. So I'm relatively active on Instagram. I try to create content that's useful for people, mindfulness tips, um, mm-hmm. relationship tips, you know, tips for stress. So my handle on that is RM, my initials, rm.psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And my website is also rmpsychotherapy.com. Um, and so I have contact information on there and more tips. I also have a free downloadable uh, motion regulation meditation that people can get on my website. Well, awesome. Um, yeah. Right on. Um, one last thing. Um, I'd, I'd love to know, or I guess, and asking you is, you know, mindfulness is so important and being able to be aware of how we're, we're thinking and feeling, um, and, you know, you working with younger people, I think it's a, such an important thing to work on as, as we're young, because it's not like things are just going to change because you're an adult. These things will carry with That's us. That's very true. <laughs> um, is there anything, um, any, anything that you'd say advice wise for, you know, kids that are feeling stressed or, um, you know, they're just feeling uncomfortable with, with what's going on in our world. Um, any other advice that you would, you would recommend as far as, um, the way, you know, someone might be feeling day to day and, and, uh, perhaps change that. Um, well, I think one is just to normalize it, that it has been a very stressful time, certainly for teens and kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to ask for help. Sometimes it can be scary or hard to ask for help, um, but it's the best way to kind of get support for what they're feeling. Um, you know, and also maybe to talk to peers about if they're going through the same thing and also kind of figuring out, um, just doing a little bit of like an assessment around, like, are there any activities or things that maybe I do throughout my week that when I do them, I help, it helps me feel relaxed. So even like watching TV, you know, playing a sport, reading a book, like just kind of taking an inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of times people aren't always aware of like what things help them feel better. Um, but sometimes we do have, most times we actually have a lot of tools. Um, but when we learn to be intentional about what we use when we're feeling upset, um, you know, it just can help us in general, I think with our well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Being able to reach out to other people, notice what you're doing that it's something that makes you happy or something that makes you feel good um, and realizing that- You know, or things that maybe you're doing and then you don't feel so good after. Right, right, exactly. That too. Just like you said, taking inventory of uh, what's working well for you, what's not working well for you, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that, um, you know, other people feel this way too. Right. Everybody <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and knowing that you can reach out and, and get help as well. 